0: So it's no longer try and get a $7 offer working upfront and try and get a webinar. It's like, let's try and get a webinar that's selling your $1,000 offer.
1: Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Welcome to episode 85. Now, part of this show, The Hustle Rebellion, is obviously about how you grow in smarter ways so you can remove some of that stress and overwhelm that you constantly have when you're growing a business. A big part of that is looking at automations. Specifically, funnels can be very, very helpful. This is a really fun conversation because my guest, Kate McKibben, she's the founder, and she also says she's the head nerd (laughs) of Hello Funnels. Now, it's a fun conversation because it's both practical. We do dive into some numbers and a really great case study, and it just will get you thinking a little bit differently around marketing funnels, specifically if you have an e-course or a course that you want to sell, or maybe you're already selling one and looking for some better results. So we actually cover some trends. We cover sort of what to expect with conversions, as well as just some interesting insights in what numbers to pay attention to in your marketing funnels too. So, no matter if you have a course or not, this is going to be a great episode for you to listen to. So, Kate is an award winning serial entrepreneur. You'll hear how she sort of has had a few businesses over the years. And she says, super nerd and founder of Hello Funnels. She loves to help primarily people that are out there creating courses to market them through her amazing funnels that she and her team built. And we're going to have a fun conversation. So, Guys, get ready because you're going to learn, I guarantee, a few new things around marketing funnels and let's welcome Kate onto the show. So happy that you're here because there's multi-facets to this conversation and where I want to take it. Now, of course, you're going to talk about your business and give some amazing tips and ideas around what you do with funnels, but also a little backstory around how you got there. So we'll get into that soon, definitely. But (laughs) as always, I love to start with some really great little tips. So think about the times in your business, multiple businesses, Mm -hmm. because I know you've kind of shut things down and started things over the years. When you're in a time of high growth, high stress, what do you personally do to manage those moments, to stay a little bit more grounded and a little bit more sane? There's
0: two things that I try and do. One is I'm very structured in my week because I'm not actually a person that likes structure. Like if that makes any sense. So I actually hate having lots of things in my calendar. So I try and make sure that's all in one day. So I have like one day a week where I do like all my meetings and all my client calls and I just like rip off the band aid, get it done. But then I feel like then it gives you just this space in the rest of the week to be like, okay, well, this is my creative time or this is where I'm working on big projects or, and you can do it fairly uninterrupted. And I find that just if that seems to work for me. Smart. And then I have a very unofficial, like, project management system, which drives my team a bit mad. But it's—I call it like the one uh, post-it note a week system—and that is basically like, what is my top priority for this week? Anyway, I have a calendar on the wall there that's just like, and I have one post-it note literally on each week. It's like that's the thing I have to do, and if I get that thing done, we're on track. Like that's the. And obviously, there's other little things that come up, but I'm like that's my one focus and you know, it's, it's all in like a proper project management software somewhere, but I just need to go analog and yeah. I need to like be able to go, okay, I've done that. And I take it down. And for me, that just feels, I don't know, it just makes it feel really simple and not super overwhelming. And that's been really useful. <laughs> is that a tip that is like a task for your business?
1: Does client work ever creep into that particular post-it note or is it just business stuff for your business?
0: Yeah, it's just the business, like the growth side of the bigger projects, like we're creating a new program or we're updating you know, doing big website updates or something like that. So that's my like my one big task. Got it. And then like the the smaller tasks always, you know, they, they get done as well. But I'm like, that's the thing I do first, the big thing. And then I kind of fit everything else in around it.
1: Really, really smart structuring your time like that. I am a little analog as well. I have obviously all the tools and the project plans, but I have—I <laughs> literally have a board that's up. I'm like looking at over here now, and it has cute yeah. little magnets, and I have like a core focus that's just magnet onto the board, so I can stare up at it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like it's it. like you can have all the tools in the world that is like automated and whatever for yeah. your project. I'm like, I just want it. I want it on a piece of paper and I want it right in front of yeah. me. <laughs> so true. What else? Are there any other tips or ideas or things that you do? The other thing is just yeah, trying to make sure you have some away from the computer time. I yeah. just you know, even like when you know when things are going well and it's busy and you know that's really fun, you kind of forget that you actually have. or I don't anyway. I like I say to my husband sometimes I feel like I'm just. Like a brain wandering around, <laughs> and I forget that I actually have a body attached to it. And you know, oh that you need to go and like actually move and do other things and have fun and totally. So, like, yeah, you can just get so like in the business. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, all up here. And it's like, no, I have to do things that just shut that off and yeah. just go out and yeah, enjoy myself. So I sadly have to remind yourself about that. <laughs> I think that's, that's so, fun. I relate to that so
1: much of a walking brain. Oh my gosh. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, because you are literally just constantly
1: in that mindset of what you're working on. And it's a challenge to sort of step away from that and get out there and do different yeah. things. So
0: yeah, totally get it. And I mean, I'm super lucky that I love, you know, I love my business. I love, like, I love thinking about it. Like, It's not like it's a chore, but yeah. you do just have to, yeah, you've, you've got to separate it somehow.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, smart. I love it. Really good tips. <laughs> Structuring your time, you guys, and just keeping an eye on one core thing at a time can really be helpful and strip away that overwhelm. So, okay, I'd love to talk a little bit more about your journey. It sounds really interesting, and, and I've saved purposely, <laughs> I was going to ask you pre-record, but I'm like, no, I'm just going to ask her everything on the on our chat. So yeah. you have quite the background of having different businesses. You've shut some down, you've started again. You basically say that the ups and downs of entrepreneur life are not new to you. So I'm really curious about these ups and downs. So perhaps what we could do is start back in time uh, of your journey of where you got to with HelloFunnels today. Like what's
0: happened to get you here? Yeah. Okay. So I think that you mentioned I've had couple of businesses prior to this one. And I, I think I was just one of those people who I always knew that I wanted to work for myself. I think, you know, I was felt a bit limited being in like a standard nine to five job. I got bored really easily. I was trying to do fun jobs, but they never paid very well. Like I was a fashion journalist at one point, which should be like, you know, super fun. I mean, you wouldn't know it now. I run around in like hoodies and sweatpants all the time, (laughs) but you know, but it's still like, there was it wasn't a particularly well paid job, and I was like, yeah. just, I don't know, I just need something a bit more, you know, one that's going to give me some more possibilities to be able to actually potentially buy some of these amazing clothes I'm writing about, and also just, yeah, just to have some more things to do. Like I was always at work going, can I do this? Can I do this? And like, no, that's your job. You just do right. this one little job, right. and I'm like, that doesn't work for my brain. So I was just kind of waiting for an idea. So sort of the first idea that kind of felt like a real light bulb moment for me was I was working on, and this is going to age me a lot, but I was working on like the first website for the magazine that I worked, like they didn't have a website yet. So I was helping them get their website online. And at the same time, online stores in like America and things were starting to ship to Australia. So online shopping was starting to become a, a thing. So it's like 2006, 2007. Yep. And I was like, well, you know, so much of the magazine is dedicated, obviously, to things you can buy in stores. And I said, what if the website was just things you could buy online and, you know, we could just feature the stuff that actually delivered to Australia because it was kind of getting harder to find those things. Yeah. And like the the sort of paraphrased feedback from my boss at the time was like, oh, this online shopping thing, people aren't know. It's not going to be a thing. Yeah, it won't take right. off. Let's not focus. Oh on my ads. gosh. Yes. So I was like, well, I kind of feel like it's something here. And do you mind if I go and do it? And they're like, no, you know, knock yourself out. And so I did that. It took off really quickly. And it became, I sort of set it up in the model that I knew, which was magazine publishing. So, you know, relying on ads as the main source of revenue. And you had to create a lot of content. And this was like back before, you even could schedule things on Facebook like you couldn't schedule things so it was literally like a ding would pop up on my calendar and I was like post to Facebook and just like yeah post now (laughs) (laughs) and you got rewarded for posting multiple times a day so we were doing like six to ten pieces of content on Facebook a day so anyway ended up with a team and it was super fun did that for probably like six or so years it got to a point that I was just like It's just really hard work. I've ended up doing all the things I don't... Like all the creative stuff I've given to the team and I am now an ad salesperson, which is not something I ever Uh, wanted to do. Okay. And there was such a, you know, like as soon as anything happens in the economy, again, around that time of... There's quite a few fluctuations over that period, similar to kind of what we're seeing now. But know, first thing people pull is their ads budget. So I'm like, we have no other way of making... Revenue. Don't pull your marketing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's always like a terrible knee jerk reaction that happens. But I was like, I kind of found myself in this place. I was working super hard. It was really stressful. I didn't love it anymore. And but I was like, you know, what else do I do? Yeah. And then I think as kind of seems to happen, like had a whole bunch of people ask me around similar time, like, how did you grow it so quickly? Like, can you show me how you? Like how you get your traffic how you actually monetized it how you started creating partnerships with brands and all of that stuff and i was like okay, all right i'll create an online course i'll see like you know three people ask you for something why not give it a shot and it was the most low tech thing ever i hadn't fully embraced my nerd era at this point <laughs> and i was just like i figured out how to make a paypal button yeah embed it in a blog post and then I had to m- manually be getting people's email addresses out of PayPal to send them the manual details of like the folder to go and like it was so low tech. It was crazy. <laughs>
1: but I love that. And that's where you kind of started with the course into this yeah, next phase.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So then, sorry, I'm a very long story. I was trying to speed it up or we'll be here the whole no, time. No, <laughs> great. No, it's making sense though
1: why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. So you got the course
0: up and going. Then what happened? So then I did that for a few years and it was amazing to have just so much more control over your, your revenue, to be not just reliant on like other people to be yeah. able to actually have different strategies. Like I just enjoyed that so much more. However, I didn't love the topic that I was teaching because I'd sort of fallen out of love already with, by this point it was called blogging. I'd always thought of it more as publishing, but, and now I, I was like having to get up and get you know people excited about it and I wasn't excited about it anymore. Yeah. So there was just started to be that disconnect and the stuff that I was really loving was the nerding out behind the scenes. And, you know, at this point we were very deep into funnels and automations and trying webinars and I've been playing with all of this stuff now for, for several years. And that was the bit that I loved. And that was the bit that like my girlfriends who I'd met through like, you know, masterminds and things, they'll be like, oh, you know, ask Kate, Kate will help you to fix this thing or help, Kate will help you to set this up. And I remember speaking with a coach at the time, just being frustrated. I'm like, I don't know what else I would do. And they're like, well, what if, you know, if it didn't matter, like, what do you like helping people the most with? I'm like, funnels, but nobody wow. like, you can't just do funnels. And I'm like, why can't you just do funnels? And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Why can't I? So yeah, that became sort of business number three, which was terribly timed because I just shut everything down. I was like, you know, very used to the shutting it down, didn't have any real responsibilities at that time yeah and then shut it all down and then very quickly found out that I was pregnant I was like oh okay must get this up and running faster than I was originally (laughs) intending so nothing like a solid deadline to do that a really solid one yeah really yes (laughs) (laughs) and yeah it's been you know that was well that he's four so that was probably like you know for nearly five years ago and yeah have been loving it ever since and that's what
1: you're doing so this is what you've been doing for the last four or five years is hello funnels yeah? yeah 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 excellent oh and now like that sort of evolution of who you are and where you came from it makes perfect sense as to why you're so good at what you do so i think the backstory <laughs> was important
0: it's one of those things like you can see how the dots connect when you look backwards, but looking forwards, if someone said you would end up doing this, I'd be like, what? What do you mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And now funnels are everything and like everywhere, but good ones are hard to find. So, yes. Yeah. So, I think what we should do now is talk a little bit about what you do because there are a lot of platforms out there to build funnels and marketing processes. And I guess, let's start with that. Do you have tools that you prefer? Do you work with anything? Like, how do you, how do you start with somebody?
0: We try and be bit platform agnostic. There's a couple of tools that I don't love and try and steer people away from just mostly because they're buggy. Like, I don't think that anything that you're relying on to either deliver something to your customers or to, you know, deliver your revenue, you want that to be a stable platform. So if there's anything that's, notoriously buggy. I try and get people off it, but otherwise I'm not, you know, like we have the tools we use and I like that my four team, we're all pretty across. Like we have to sort of have memberships to everything so that we can go in and, you know, try and figure something out for somebody if they're trying to, you know, like we're sort of like secondary tech support for a lot of people's platforms when they can't actually hear from the platform themselves.
1: I'd get that. And you know, the questions to ask as well, are you happy to share which ones you think are not great versus the ones you prefer?
0: i mean i'll share the ones i prefer yeah. because i don't ever you know and platforms are always being updated and changed and you know i don't want someone to listen to this in three years time and go oh no this is terrible and they've totally fixed it yeah
1: very very valid point
0: yeah but you know i, I mean my favorite email software is active campaign yes second favorite is convert kit and yes. i think the difference between the two is like either it's like a sam it's like an android iphone kind of thing like people either love one or the other and it's you know, and that's fine. They're both great. It just seems to be like, this works for my brain or this works for my brain. So I don't have a yeah, preference between those two. Excellent. That I'm an active campaign person. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know that one too. It's good.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then as far as the, like where courses are hosted and things like that, I'm actually at the moment quite liking, like it used to be very much you wanted like the prettiest and all the all the fancy things for the, your actual program delivery. And I think, over time we've kind of come to realize that actually it just needs to be clean and easy to use and simple. And actually, if you're going to be weighing up one over the other, I would rather have a really high functioning checkout system. So something like even like a Sam cart where you've got then can use their thing built in and backend or thrive cart similar because it then, you know, it all talks to each other nicely. You don't need zaps. You don't have to worry about things not communicating well, but you can have the bit that I think matters, which is, you know, stuff you can test with your conversions and all that kind of stuff on the front end. So I think if you have yeah, good email software, good checkout slash courseware, and then, you know, wherever you want to host your, if you if you're a WordPress person or a Squarespace or a Show it, like they're all kind of these days, all pretty good. So perfect. That's my, kind of my stack. Yeah. <laughs> good.
1: I had to ask, I had to start there because it obviously might go over some people's heads, but I think a lot of people that listen to this will be like, Oh, interesting. Okay. Tell me more. So now we want to know (laughs) with with some of these different platforms that you do, what do you specialize in as far as the type of client work that you guys do?
0: Yeah. So we help course creators to set up their automated sales and marketing systems. And sort of what I really like to do is go beyond like that one-off funnel piece and actually set up something that's more of an ecosystem. So something that... And this isn't something that gets done in a weekend. This is something that, you know, deliberately kind of gets done. One piece runs for a while, the next piece, but it's sort of designed so that if one that's done properly, like your marketing should be able to be semi-automated. Your sales, you know, and your conversions should be mostly automated and they should all sort of work together really nicely. And then your live anything, you know, like they can support those as well. And that kind of becomes... The icing on the cake. Like I always sort of talk about how like your funnel should be. That should hit your. We have a thing called the financial freedom checkpoint. So that's yeah. basically whatever it costs to run your business, to pay yourself, your bills, everything. It like in an ideal world, your funnel would cover that plus about twenty percent every month. And that's kind of like getting like almost like a paycheck from your funnel. So then you know every month, like I'm good. doesn't matter if it's, I get sick or, you know, kids are sick or we go on holidays, everything is covered. And then I feel like clients, they're able to show up very differently in their business when they're not coming from this place of survival mode. Totally. And also then you're able to sort of deal with things like launches and stuff, which are a very stressful thing. And even though we love funnels, we still, we don't hate launches, but I think that when you actually have the space and the capacity and it's not such a like if this doesn't work, our business is going to you know, be destroyed kind of feeling to it, then you can do it and it's something that's fun and it's, you know, it's different energy and it just makes business a lot more enjoyable. So I feel like so I good. went on off a major tangent so on that. No, you're, answering <laughs> you're totally answering my question
1: because now I'm going to lead into something else. So you build the funnels for course creators. You
0: set all of that up. Do you mm-hmm. drive traffic into it as well? Well, so we teach them how to do it. So we're very much a dumb with you. We're cool. not for you. Okay. Yeah. So we show them like we have like mentorship programs where we help mm. them to map this out. We give them the nice. templates. We show them how to do it, but it's more, you know, we help, we can guide their teams and that kind of thing. We don't do traffic driving, but we do share our traffic driving strategies.
1: Strategies. Yeah.
0: And yeah, again, sort of like, so it's another one that I really believe in is that you know, it makes a really big difference to your business, to your, stress levels as well when your marketing can pay for itself so that's sort of like we always like to get your sort of like engine set up in the first place so you've got something that's converting well that you know x number of people come through here you'll make roughly x number of sales and then once you know that there's like okay how do we get more people through it and how do we do it in a way that's actually profitable and not a big, you know, just let's go donate money to Facebook and hope something happens. Like, you know, something that sort of, you know, feels a bit more manageable as well. So yeah, I like the, like the, here Mark Zuckerberg have a dollar and he gives me one back. I like that exchange. Like that works well for me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. We try and help our clients to set that up as well. I like
1: that there's a bit of empowerment in that as well, because you're giving them this incredible platform and system that they can scale and put traffic into. And then the knowledge behind how, you know, how does it work behind the scenes? And that's nice little system, I think. And because I always like to think, you know, as a business owner, you should have a certain level of education in each area in your business. (laughs) So it makes sense.
0: Yeah. And you hear so many stories of people and it like, It makes it like people are like they're the experts in whatever it is that they are are doing or teaching. Like they might be a health expert or something like that. Like you can't expect someone to also be a marketing expert, but I think it can be a bit dangerous. And when people go, Oh, okay, well then I'll just gonna completely outsource this because I don't understand it. And so this person seems expensive, but therefore they must be good. I'm gonna give them all this money. And then they don't because they don't know what they don't know, they can't tell if that was the right decision. They also can't tell if what the results they got back were good results. And I think it just ends up being like quite often people feel very disappointed, even if sometimes they actually got a good service. They just didn't know. Like, so I think, yeah, knowing... They don't know. They don't even know what to look for.
1: I kind of always think of it like finances and business, right? So if you were to just sort of hand everything over to a bookkeeper and an accountant, you never really understand the financial flow of what to even look at. Like, yeah, you still need to understand it. And you yes, you can still give it <laughs> to people as well or train people up. But I think a lot of people don't necessarily look at marketing in that way. Like you said, it's kind of like, oh, this isn't my talent, but I'll just give it to somebody. But then you have no idea what numbers you're looking at. And it might be an excellent result. Yes. But you don't know that as well yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like i've spoken to people before and they're like oh i hired this thing they would terrible like they only got me 10 sales and i'm like oh okay well like tell me more about it and like 10 sales end yeah. up being like a 20 percent conversion rate or something i'm like they actually got you a really great result really yeah they weren't good at <laughs> setting your expectations perhaps but i think there is something like and obviously no one people don't have to go and become an expert in it but i think there's definitely something no. in Understanding the fundamentals and understanding how the pieces work together and what success looks like in something, so that then when you do outsource it, because who wants to do everything? Like, no, <laughs> you know, you can do it with a bit more of a level of, okay, I feel like I know that I can tell if I've made the right decision and if this is working and I can trust that person. And I just think it's a bit more, yeah, it's more an empowering place to be. That yeah, makes perfect sense.
1: Perfect sense. especially because you guys know the course intimately within the funnel that you're building for your clients. And then So you're going to give them very great training and advice on how to get the best results off of what you built. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Makes good sense. Um, Are you happy to share a case study just so we can understand how you work with somebody? I'm happy for you to shout out their name or not, or it's up to you, but give me a story of somebody that has come to you and what's happened as a result of working with you before and after.
0: Yeah, sure. So She's actually technically a a friend and she's one of the first people that I coached with their funnel. And it kind of inspired like the process I took her through then became the process that I started working with other people with. And I love this story because it's now been over five years and the funnel that we set up together, she still has running and has made like multiple millions of dollars. Wow. So like, it just kind of shows you that if you kind of can set the piece up in the right way in the first place, that it can be something that lasts a long time, which yeah. so much marketing is just sort of like, you know, it's just for this month or this algorithm changes and it doesn't work anymore. But so yeah, a friend of mine, Vesna, she's a naturopath. When we first, like when I first started helping her, she was trying to sell a program that was like with a lot of one-on-one. So it was like a higher ticket. I think she'd been told that she needed to do a higher ticket. She was trying to sell by sales call. The package was like 10 101s ones or something like that. But she was really burnt out. Like she was maxed with her, like she was kind of at that, you know, that kind of point where it's like, I know I need to make more money. I haven't got any time necessarily for more clients or to be doing this thing to figure out how to make more. So she was in that bit of, quite a bit stuck. Yeah. And the first sort of conversation that I sort of had was like, okay, what are you sort of wanting to get out of this? It's like, I need another revenue stream. I need more space. I need more time. And I'm like, well, then maybe you shouldn't be selling something that's 10 hours of work once you sell it and multiple sales calls to be able to sell it in the first place. Like, is there something you can sell that's a bit more leveraged and that could be sold in a more automated way? And she had a program that she'd created and just had never, like she'd run it once, had three people through it, went, oh, this didn't work because not enough people went through it and then, you know, put it to the side. So we kind of looked at that like, okay, well, pricing-wise, this would be a great fit for a webinar, like a webinar funnel. Again, she kind of had all those stories, all that resistance. She's like, webinars don't work for me. I'm not good at webinars. People have to talk to me for me to convert them. Like all of these stories I know so many people have. And so she started doing a webinar a week. Like that was like the process she started with doing a live webinar a week. And just like, she's, you know, I have to give her all the credit here because she was committed to that. And that's quite, a lot to do it's a big commitment it is yeah. a big commitment and to after each one she went kind of went through it she saw where people were dropping off she looked at the questions and she tweaked it and she did that for like i think over a month just to really refine that webinar so it went from being the first webinar people like oh this is great it's amazing thank you so much and they didn't buy anything to the last one she did like it was converting like i think about 15 like, percent or something of people on the webinar which is great numbers and then she, her problem was she's like, well, okay, this is good. Like I know I can now make sales every week, but I'm really sick of saying the same thing over and over again. And I feel like I'm not doing it as well now each time because I'm, it's not fresh for me anymore. But I don't believe that if this is automated, it will work. I think people still have to speak to me live. So... We sort of, then we did a, a hybrid where basically she had the middle bit recorded. She got on, did a live intro, yep. then switched to the slides, which was all the recorded portion and then came back live at the end to answer the questions. She did that for a few weeks. It still converted really well. And then she's like, oh, I'm just really sick of listening to this presentation. Now, like it was just this whole journey. I'm like, how about you just try it? Like just try I think she even said, oh, I'm only going to do like 50% of traffic. Like she just wouldn't let it go. Cause obviously that was her main source of income. And like, just try some traffic to an automated version. Like, let's just see what happens. And she did. And it worked just as well. That's so good. And so, you know, then she's like, was able to, you know, quite quickly was able to scale it up. And so she went from initially a sale or two a month of this program, which was then taking her majority of her week to deliver to then making, I think, 20 sales a week of a completely leveraged program. And she's like, since, you know, scaled that from there. But, and she's had thousands of people through it now, you know, five years later. So, oh my gosh. I love that it because it's just like at every point, there was like resistance. It's like, no, I'm no good at it. I can't do this. Or I did it the first time, it didn't work. But she didn't give up. She kept kind of doing it piece by piece. And then, you know, once you had those couple pieces together, it was amazing. Like it just made such a huge impact on her business. That's why I like what you said as well. Like you were saying, just keep going and tweaking little
1: things over time because so many people are like, oh, it just didn't work. Like what she'd said as well. And I mean, you probably know this more than me, but How many times does a funnel first when it's built, it's perfect and it's delivering (laughs) exactly what you want.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and anything like first time you offer a program, first time you, you know, it's the beta, it's the test draft, it needs some optimizing that I think when you know how to know that it's got promise, I think that can make such a big difference to be like, okay, this is 80% there or 70% there, versus oh no, I just completely missed the mark and you know, maybe we should pivot. Like that that's kind of a tricky thing. But I think, yeah, when you can tell that okay, yeah, this is going to get me, I can see how this could work and I can see that this is getting me towards where I want to go. Then it's always worth doing the iterations and the reps and getting it.
1: Keep getting it better and better. Yeah. Hey, Hustle Rebels. Did you know this podcast is brought to you by Website Love? That's my business. To help you cut back on the busyness in your business, a good place to start is to get your foundations right. I have two gifts for you to help you get your website working better. Watch the video masterclass, six things your website needs to get more customers, or download the ultimate checklist, a 14-step plan to patch the leaks on your website. Just visit hustlerebellion.com now and scroll down to get access. What would you say conversion-wise these days would be a good number for people to aim for? So with the funnels that you built, so it sounds like they're a bit of automation at the front end. And then what would be the key, I guess, moments and conversion rates throughout each of those steps to aim for?
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's, I mean, the number one is obviously... I mean, it depends on, again, the objective of the funnel, but the number one is, is it a profitable, like if this is set up to be profitable, is it profitable? Is it something that when you add paid traffic to it with a bit of, you know, to a level of scale that you're looking at, is it still coming out the other end and, you know, you're getting, it's not negative, it's not just being reinvested, it's, you know, it's profitable. Obviously, that's that's like goal number one because I think quite often people can get too stuck and they're like, oh, it's supposed to be, this is supposed to be 2%, but it's only 1.8%, so maybe I'll just stay here and you're like, Actually, it's, it's, you're getting 10x profit. Don't worry. Like leave that. That's There fine. you go. Yes. <laughs> so that's like always like check number one. Yeah. But then like as far as like breaking down like some of the more key pieces. So it was a funnel that was designed to be self-funded. For example, you'd want to see that you were getting that within the first 7 to 10 days. Usually that you're getting that revenue through. So whatever that you spend on ads that you're getting that back within 7 to 10 days it depends on what kind of mechanisms you're using in it. So like there's lots of like, you know, the good old, the funnel should convert at 2%. I think that's still fairly, you know, for that seven to 10 days, if you've got it set up right, I think 2% is a a good benchmark. Definitely you can do better than that. And if you're at 1.9 or something, I wouldn't stress, it's close enough, but anything that's too far below that, unless you've got crazy cheap traffic. So this is why I always come back to the, it depends on the overall profitability because we've seen, like I've had clients who have, you know, their overall funnels only converting at like 0.5%, which shouldn't be profitable, but their traffic is so cheap. And it's just because of the market that they're in, that actually that's a really good conversion rate for them. And then other ones convert at a really high percentage, but they cost them, you know, like $25, $30 to get a lead. So they have to have that higher rate. So... Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't give a, a cookie cutter one on that, but okay.
1: <laughs> no, it's the right answer. It's the right answer. To me, it says that you know what you're doing because people get so hung up on the numbers, right? Is it the right number to be paying attention to? Like you were saying, oh, it might be this conversion rate, but you're 10 times in your yeah. as spend or whatever it is. There's so many other facets. And that's why working with somebody like you that knows all <laughs> the different layers is important. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you. No, it was the right right answer, Kate, so it's all good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You got that one nailed. That's good. (laughs) One last question and then we'll start to wrap up, and that is around what's working now that you're finding works well in a course funnel. What is maybe a few things you find working well, whether it's sort of the entry point or something that's said on a webinar? What would you say?
0: So one thing that we've sort of, a shift that we've made with and a lot of clients are making this year is, around the, I guess, the the first sort of part of the funnel. So it used to be that you would set up, you know, like seven to 14 days sort of warm-up sequence that inside that would be inviting people maybe to a webinar or, or something like that. And then the first goal would be like, get that piece converting well. And then it's like, okay, how can we get affordable traffic into it? The way that traffic is doing so many crazy things at the moment and Facebook is fluctuating and, you know, the new regulations and things like that people would then get really stuck on that. Okay, how do I get affordable traffic in there? And they'd be trying to test $7 products and memberships and $27 this and this upsell and that upsell. And you could stay stuck there for a very long time to... Yeah, it, it was annoying me basically. <laughs> so <laughs> we we kind of shifted every, a few things around and that sort of first 7 to 14-day you know webinar funnel, for example... That actually, for a lot of our clients, has become the thing that is now the thing whose goal is actually to be Uh self-funded. So it's no longer try and get a $7 offer working up front and try and get a webinar. It's like, let's try and get a webinar that's selling your $1,000 offer. And that's what gets reinvested. You can then have a longer funnel on top of that, which will have other opportunities to make invitations and potentially upsells downsells cross sells like you can do all kinds of different things there but it's just the velocity that you can get for example i can go too much into nerdy maths but if you think about it with like one of these mini or micro offers like it, maybe it's costing you fifty dollars to sell a you know a twenty seven dollar product or something yeah and with your upsells and stuff maybe you're coming in cost neutral but it's still fifty dollars and a lot of people aren't very comfortable spending like five thousand dollars a day to get you know, hundreds of people, therefore, into their funnel. They might be spending $100 a day and that means they're getting two people in and that just slows it down too much. But for a webinar funnel, maybe it's costing you $10 to get a lead. Maybe you're getting two sales out of every 100. So, And that's then becomes cost neutral. I think that's my maths is doing right there. But you don't have 200 people going through rather than two. So it just means everything else so it's just, it's just flicking and people sort of releasing that need for like, oh, but this lovely webinar funnel I built, like, shouldn't it be making me profit right now? Like some do, many do, but for some, particularly those in a more expensive market, if you can have a higher value offer up front, knowing that, yes, you know, only a certain percentage of people are going to buy then, they're your ready to go buy now buyers, but You're going to have all of these other people who are going to come through, they're going to get warmed up really well, nurtured really well, they're going to come into your world and then that's going to make everything else you do work so much better. And just flicking that sort of emphasis, I guess, it just means that, yeah, you can scale up much faster and with a lot less risk. So that's kind of what we've been. Sorry if I just went full nerd on you then. (laughs) No, no, it's all good
1: rather than going straight into like the old school sort of freebie into an upsell at a cheaper price, you're going straight to webinar.
0: Well, yeah. If, I mean, if not for everybody, obviously, but yeah, for the people who can sell to cold traffic for their sort of more DIY style signature offers, like the $500 to $1,000 kind of offers, yeah. going yeah, going straight to webinar with cold traffic and just releasing the expectation that you're going to get any more than a break-even ROI on it, but that that's actually okay it, yeah. because it's it's still paying for your traffic and allowing you to get a lot more traffic into everything else.
1: And to me, that also means that they're attending the webinars, they're high, way more highly qualified because there's more time investment straight off the front end, right? So they're, yeah, they yeah. probably are more keen to hear what you have to say after that and would eventually convert probably quicker than if you did like a lead magnet at the start, maybe.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like someone who's willing to invest time is, you know, definitely someone who's further along in that sort of buying journey than someone who's just like collecting PDFs to look at later.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which might not ever go anywhere.
0: (laughs) So yeah, Yeah. it makes a lot
1: of sense, and it's a really good tip. And again, what I'm hearing in this conversation is that numbers aren't always what they seem, and that there's going to be better questions that you can ask in everything that you do if you're thinking about funnels. You know, whether you're supposed to be looking at the conversion or the the profit and then also not getting hung up in, oh, this is what other people are saying to do. And maybe flipping things around and going back to front can be really valuable and much needed for people right now if they're getting kind of like jaded with what they're trying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still a lot of the stuff that's working for really well is still sort of like that tried and true stuff, but it's just being yeah. done in a slightly different way. Like you don't need to throw out every strategy that's ever worked for you. It's just like thinking like, okay, how can we make it work better for right now? And I'm sure it'll it will continue to change. But that's business. That's why we signed up for a a life that was slightly more interesting. Sometimes we might go, nine to five sounds nice right now, but I
1: think we'd (laughs) all be very bored. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I, I would agree if that's what you're wired for is is doing something as crazy as us. So (laughs) yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we already know that you work with course creators and you build funnels. Are there any specific industries that you prefer to work in?
0: I don't know if it's prefer. I think we tend to and I don't know if it's just one of those self-fulfilling prophecies because we've got a lot yeah. of testimonials from people in certain industries so we get more of those, but we tend to get lots of people in the like the health and wellness spaces, so perfect, press, fertility experts, things like that, and then also lots of people who are in like the business marketing space as well so and that's kind of real I mean the business market space is always fun for me because I'm like I know this one intimately like you know this one set, but I'm learning a lot about all kinds of modalities of natural health and all kinds of things as well through our lovely health clients. So that's also really interesting.
1: Really good to know. We have a lot of listeners on both sides of the equation, but loads (laughs) of people in the health and wellness space. So they might be listening to this going, okay, I'm loving the story that you told about trying to do the (laughs) 10 hour sessions and all that. And you guys, if you're listening to this, then that's you and you're like, yeah, I just, I'm trying to grow and scale, but I'm at capacity and I'm exhausted. Then maybe a conversation with Kate is exactly what you need. And how do they find you? How do they reach out to you?
0: So uh, we're HelloFunnels. So hellofunnels.co or at HelloFunnels on Instagram. And you can DM us if you've got any questions. And either myself, my team, we're in the inbox all day. So we're, we're there to answer any questions. Yeah. It's uh, Excellent. always lovely to hear from people. Yeah.
1: And you gave, I think you gave me a little freebie to share with the listeners as well, didn't you? What was that that you gave us?
0: Yeah. So it's our seven figure scaling checklist. And it's a, Checklist of all the steps to go through, literally from zero. So a lot of most of your readers probably skip the first page or so. But that's sort of the everything that kind of needs to be done in roughly the order that we sort of see at work best to get from that sort of starting place of creating your first program and growing yeah. your first audience through to actually scaling it up to something that's really sustainable and stable and you know has potential to scale up to seven figures. So yes, we've got that for you guys. Don't give the Link, yes, yes, yes. yeah, for the link, and you guys will have it in the show notes too. But
1: do please shout it out for people that are listening in their earbuds right now and they're like, Wait, wait, stop. What was it again? (laughs) (laughs) Say say what it is. (laughs) So it's my.hellofunnels.co forward slash checklist. There you go. My.hellofunnels.co forward slash checklist. Guys, it sounds like a really valuable piece of content. So I'd go check that out, especially if you're thinking about doing a course, you or maybe even you've created one and you have no idea where to take it next or you've not gotten great results. Kate, your girl, reach out to her. And Kate, as we start to wrap up, are there any last comments or ideas just from our conversation together for business owners that are in that space of growth and are just a little overwhelmed, maybe just looking for a little extra inspiration from this conversation?
0: I think the thing that I think I would love to say is that I know a lot of people when they hear talking about like funnels and automations and things like that, and they think that's like a later thing. Like that's something that should be done when I've hit, you know, a certain number. And I actually personally believe that, you know, you can start adding sales automations into your business as soon as you have something that can be sold and delivered in an evergreen capacity. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it can be something really simple to set up. Like it doesn't have to be this crazy complex thing like some of the stuff we've been talking about today, but just to have something that's running and it's maybe catching you, an extra two, three handful of sales a month without you having to do anything, like that can just start to be like that foundation that will grow with you over time. So don't think, because it's, you know, there's nerds like me who think funnels are amazing and then there's everyone else who are like, that's scary, I want to put it off to you later or, you know, it's not going to work for me. <laughs> you can start simple, but just don't, yeah. The sooner you start, it's like list building. The sooner you start, the sooner it can kind of start compounding and working for you and you'll just be so glad that you started early and. If you can have a couple of extra sales a, a month for doing literally nothing, why why wouldn't you? That's my <laughs> I am
1: in complete agreement of that for sure. So <laughs> yes.
0: Thank you so much for
1: being on the show, Kate. It's been a great chat and your numbers were great and not too crazy. And numbers are after all, what helps drive a business forward. So I'm glad you shared that part as well as sharing just some of the practical advice and ideas and understanding of how you work with people, which is a really great little formula and process that seems like you have. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much. my pleasure. Hey, Hustle Rebels. If you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out hustlerebellion.com it's where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.